Hello, my name is Michael D'Angelo. Welcome to Let This Mind Be In You. Or, if you are a return listener, welcome back. This is a ministry founded on proclaiming the gospel to the lost and exhorting Christians to remember that we have the mind of Christ. So let this mind be in you. Please make sure to like, share, and subscribe with all your friends and family. And if you would like to reach me, you can reach me at ltmbiy at yahoo.com. That's ltmbiy at yahoo.com. I also have a Facebook page. You can find that at Let This Mind Be In You Ministries. Just search for that. Also, you can find me on YouTube at Let This Mind Be In You. And hello, welcome back to Let This Mind Be In You. Brother Michael D'Angelo here with you on Thursday night for me, but for you, it's previously recorded. So whenever you're watching this, thank you for uh, for pulling this up, whether it be on YouTube, on Let This Mind Be In You, or on Facebook at Let This Mind Be In You. You can also find me on any of the podcasting platforms, Let This Mind Be In You podcast. Just look that up and you can watch on YouTube or Facebook, or you can listen anywhere you find your podcast. Just go ahead and look up Let This Mind Be In You podcast. And also, you can reach me at ltmbiy at yahoo.com. That's been the email address for here that you could reach me. For ever since we started over four years ago now, it's uh, going on five um, here at Let This Mind Be In You. We use the, uh, obviously the verse is our theme there, Let This Mind Be In You. We find that in Philippians 2 and verse number five. But if you're watching today for this broadcast and for this uh, this video, this vlog, this podcast, whatever you want to call it, uh, we're in Acts. Back in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 17, we're going to continue on with what I'm considering and I've, I've told you before, I think is Paul's second portion of his ministry, uh, which is now with Silas, who's also part of the, the kingdom. Silas is part of the uh, that group that was originally in Jerusalem, and uh, but uh, that's we'll get a little bit into that here in a moment uh, for some other things. Last time I mentioned they were in Acts chapter 16 the things and the difference between uh, how Peter would preach and the message that he would deliver and what Paul was preaching and what he was delivering, uh, two separate messages. Remember, gospel of the circumcision was uh, given to Peter uh, and the gospel of the uncircumcision given to Paul as he was the part of the mystery. He was revealed the mystery, the revelation of the mystery revealed to the apostle for us today where there is no Jew or Greek, Jew or Gentile, just the body of Christ. All right. Anyways, Acts chapter 17, though, we see the continuation there. So they're moving on from city to city. And we're going to address a few, uh, I, I would say probably like two different things I'm going to kind of highlight here in this account of when Paul's going to these next couple of places. And, um, you know, again, these re, be careful, again, when you're in the book of Acts, pulling your doctrine for today out of any portion of Acts. And the reason why I say that is because even though uh, we'll see Paul in his early part of his ministry and then even up to the point where he's going to Rome and and uh, before King Agrippa, we just need to be very careful because, again, this is just being this is all scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's profitable. It is very profitable for us to see this transitional book. But to, to try to take your 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 philosophies on, you know, what your doctrine is all about it's very dangerous in the book of Acts because it's an account of the early 
portion of the kingdom church that was there in Jerusalem, and then the the early starting stages of Paul's ministry. Uh, it up until like a little bit more into it, but if you really want to know the doctrine for you today as part of the body of Christ, you need to study the thirteen epistles of Paul. And um, I spoke to my dad here uh, right before the recording of this, and uh, I got a little worked up as I as I often do. We're we're discussing a few different things. Um, all good between the two of us, um, but just uh, I was getting a little, I was getting a little excited uh, speaking about uh, correct division of the Bible. But, anyways, uh, let's get into Acts chapter seventeen. Though uh, there's a couple more hard words for us to understand here as far as to pronounce. But in uh, verse number one, it says, "Now when they had passed through and and Phileas, Amphipolis, how about that, and Apollonia." They came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. Now, this is the same Thessalonica that Paul's going to write two letters to, the, the believers in Thessalonica. That's, of course, First and Second Thessalonians. Um, but it says where there was a, where was a synagogue of the Jews. And Paul, as his manner was, see, early on, his manner was to go to the Jew first and then to the Gentiles of that city. And... Um, <clears throat> later on in acts we'll see him for the third time say i go no longer to the jew and and that's what i would consider the the beginning stages or the third phase of paul's ministry um and we'll get more into that as we approach it but all right but paul he's is his custom to do was he was uh paul his manner was went in unto them into the synagogue into the Jews and three Sabbath days, so three Saturdays in a row, three Shabbats in a row, reasoned with them out of the scriptures, opening, opening and alleging that Christ, of course, Jesus must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead. And that this Jesus whom I preach unto you is Christ, your Christ, your Mashiach, the Messiah. That's where we get that term from is a, is a, uh, the, the Israeli term, Israel's term for their chosen Messiah, the one that would rule over them, the, 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 that the prophets had foretold would come, that Isaiah, unto us a son is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. Those prophetic things was about the Messiah, the messianic prophecies. And so Paul is telling them that Christ had to suffer. He died and risen from the dead, and this Jesus who I'm preaching is Christ. And some of them believe, look at this now, again, believe what Paul is preaching here. This is very fascinating. And consorted with Paul and Silas, and of the devout Greeks, a great multitude, and of the chief women, not a few, many people, in other words, both Jews and Greeks. But the Jews, which believed not, moved with envy, took unto them certain lewd fellows of the baser sort, and gathered a company, means uh, some ruffians, some riffraff, and set all the city in up, uh, on an uproar and assaulted the house of Jason and sought to bring them out to the people. So obviously this is where uh, Paul and others were staying with this uh, um, man Jason here. And when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren unto the rulers of the city, crying, These that have turned the world upside down are come hither also. Reputations kind of preceding these gentlemen. They're coming from city to city and turning the, the, the way things are going, turning them upside down. Remember the, the ones that had the, the young girl that they were using in the last chapter that brought them much gain and 
All of a sudden, that's dried up. Oof, can't have that. Well, whom Jason hath received. So this is this, these men that came in have been turning their world upside down. This same Jason right here, he's received them. And these all do contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, one Jesus. And they troubled the people and the rulers of the city when they heard these things. You know, you're living under Roman occupation. That would trouble you as well. And they troubled the people and the rulers of the city, verse number eight, when they heard these things. And when they had taken security of Jason, basically uh, locked him up, and uh, of the other, they let them go. So they locked him up for a little bit, you know, probably threatened him a little bit and let him go. And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea who coming thither went into the synagogue of the Jews. Once again, to the Jew first. Uh, and they're in Berea, which these were more noble than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind, and searched the scripture daily, whether those things were so. And that's where we get the term, be a Berean. Ones that search the scripture to see whether these things be so. Okay. Um, we are to rightly divide the word of truth. Study to show thyself approved, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth would be the word that I would say that we need to do. Rightly divide the word of truth. Study to show thyself approved. Search the scriptures, yes. But these Bereans here are not believers. At least not some of them yet, right? But at least they heard them out. They said, that's interesting. Let me go back to Isaiah. You said where now? And they would search their scrolls and they searched the scripture, whether the things that they were talking about are so. Well, they received the word with all readiness of mind to search the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. Verse 12, therefore, many of them believed faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the what word of God. So they're hearing the same scriptures, but they're hearing this explain and they, wow. Yeah, that, that must be true. We believe. Also of honorable women, which were Greeks, and of men, not a few. So again, many people believe. But when the Jews of Thessalonica had knowledge that the word of God was preached of Paul at Perea, at Berea, they came thither, thither also and stirred up the people. Here they come again, troublemaking. And then immediately the brethren sent away Paul to go, as it were, to the sea. But Silas and Timotheus, Timothy, abode there still. And they that conducted Paul brought him unto Athens, so all the way into Greece there, and receiving a commandment unto Silas and Timotheus for to come to him with all speed, they departed. Now while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him when he saw the city wholly given uh, to idolatry. And um, I, I, I quoted this verse um, and talked about this account. Uh, I think I have a short video still on the channel. You can go back and look at it where uh, I visited a, um, there in Spain where I went to Claudia Belia. Belia? I might be pronouncing that wrong. But anyways, it's in the south of um, Spain going towards uh, Gibraltar. You can really literally look across the Strait of Gibraltar into, uh, uh, to the African continent. continent. I believe it's Morocco. You can really see it on, on, on the day that we were there. We could see the, the landmass known as Africa straight from uh, Spain there. But anyways, this Roman village that, that they had excavated and these, these temples, three temples, you know, they had one was to this goddess and one was this God and all those other kinds of things. And I, I quoted that verse. You can kind of look it up. It's on the channel somewhere. But um, 
and I, I, I show you around just a tad bit in uh, on those Roman ruins. But but Paul here, he's here in Athens, which is wholly given to idolatry. There's gods here and a goddess there and all these other kinds of things. Therefore, disputed he in the synagogue with the Jews. <laughs> Once again, he's finding himself in the synagogues, disputing with the Jews and with the devout persons and in the market daily with them that met with him. So out there street preaching. Then certain philosophers of the Epicureans and of the Stoics encountered him, and some said, What would this babbler say? Others some, he seemeth to be setter forth of strange gods. Gods? Plural? Hmm. Well, the Godhead. He's preaching the Godhead. He's going to say that exact term here in a minute. But they read it as gods, plural. No. God. Singular. Okay. Uh, anyways, but, uh, strange gods, because he preached unto them, Jesus and the resurrection. So this strange gods here, you know, what, what is this all about? And they took him and brought him unto, uh, Areopagus saying, may we know what this new doctrine whereof thou speakest is for thou bringest certain strange things to our ears. We would know therefore what these things mean for all the Athenians and strangers which were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. They were just intellectually curious. What is this new thing? You know, the Stoics, the, the ones that stroke their long gray beards as they contemplated the deeper things of philosophy and the world and stood, you know, in the famous poses of the, of the, of the Stoics, the philosophers of the time. Paul's going to destroy all that, and he even tells the Colossians uh, when he writes the letter, beware of philosophy and vain traditions, and all. beware of those kinds of things. Well, these are that's what, well, Paul is going to use the opportunity. So then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill. You could still go there to this day, I believe, and said, ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. Well, that's not us today, brother Mike. You know the you know we're a learned people now. Yeah, superstitious. Uh, the more and more you see out there, the more people reject God, more people reject creation, and all these other kinds of things. You could see that they're you know they they think they're smart, but they become a fools. Bible says something about that. For as I passed by, verse 23, and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription, to the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you. The unknown God, singular, this is who I'm going to declare unto you, and listen up. So, boy, that got their attention. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Oh, boy. Neither is worship with men's hands, as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things. You know, I kind of mentioned uh, to my dad, we were talking through some things, and I mentioned something about the tithe. You know, people want to preach the tithe. One, they don't preach it correctly according to the Levitical tithe that you're supposed to give. It's actually 30%. You find that in the book of Leviticus, you add a fifth part thereof to money. It means 20% on top of 10%. Uh so, anyways, the, the reason being is because there's a markup, and I've talked about this before. But the point is, is that I've heard it preached before that, you know, God's going to get his money one way or the other. If you don't give, I'm going gonna, 
I'm going to punish you and I'm going to take, I'm going to get my money the way that, you know, one way or the other. So you might as well just give it to God and obey, right? That is not grace giving. That's not biblical giving at all. Not, especially not for today. But so if you're going to preach the kingdom giving as far as kingdom tithing and all that kind of stuff, please preach it correctly. And that's 30% of money beyond that. Look how God or God speaks through Paul here, as we see here, made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelt not in temples made with hands, neither is worship with men's hands as though he needed anything. God doesn't need your money. Okay. Seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things, all things means all things. It all belongs to him anyways. He doesn't need it from you, and he's going to take it from you no matter what. <clears throat> he's going he's to get his tithe money no matter what. Mm-mm. That's teaching people under bondage, and that's not what we do here, especially when your right division will clear that right up, so to speak. <laughs> but look in verse number 26, <clears throat> and this is where I want to kind of focus just for just a tad bit. And hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth. All nations made of one blood. There is going to be bounds of habitation. We're going to talk about that in a moment. But I want you to notice the very first thing. There's no such thing as somebody of a different race. Okay? Human race. We are all one blood. Now, what does this mean for you and I? Well... We're all drawn nigh by the blood of Christ. Paul mentions that in in many of his epistles. We are brought into the body of Christ by the shedding of blood. We understand that. And we're made kind of like to give an analogy, like a blood transfusion, his blood, because your blood is tainted with sin. Paul says in Romans, by one man centered into the earth and by the world and by sin, death. That's the tainted blood. We're all under sin. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It means we're all of that one blood, the blood of Adam, which is tainted blood. This blood has been tainted by what? The disease of sin. And I'm going to address this now because uh, a couple of videos ago, I had somebody write in there, if God is a gracious God, why does he let you know children suffer with cancer and wars and all? There's like three separate comments on one of them. And I left them up there because... And I wanted to respond to that. I doubt the person's watching, but I hope they do. <clears throat> the reason why the, there's that in the world today is not because of God. God made all things good, perfect. Man, sin. And because of sin, there's that separation. And because of sin, death and disease and destruction, all those things come to pass. But God is not the author of that. He made all things good. And he made all things perfect, complete, without sin. He made an Adam sinless. He made him perfect. All things were good. He said, don't do this one thing. And the moment you take a, uh, the part of that, you eat of the fruit of the knowledge of uh, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, in that day you shall surely die. And what it means by that is that you're spiritually distinct boundaries of habitation. Nobody knows what those are, by the way. I haven't had anybody tell me yet what those are. Some say, well, you can take Ham, Shem, and Japheth, and so that's three. Divide that into 12. That makes the four, four, and four. Makes sense. Um, <clears throat> what are those boundaries? Nobody knows. 
Okay, well, these are the, the children of, of Japheth. Well, so the children of Japheth here, can they marry with these people, the children of Japheth? I don't know. Is the boundaries? People go wild about all this kind of stuff. It, they miss the point. The bounds of habitation is the number 12. And if you think about it for a second, you'll understand why there's 12. In the millennial reign, we cover this in the Revelation Rightly Divided series, there's 12 bounds of habitation. Well, there's 12 thrones. And the apostles, the 12 apostles, not Paul, one born out of due time. That's why there's two separate dispensations there. <clears throat> All right, we'll get to that uh, some other time. But go look at the, the Revelation Rightly Divided. I talk about this. In the bounds of habitation, the 12 tribes of Israel and those brought in through the Israel uh, dispensation, through the prophecy, uh, believing Israel, the lost sheep, uh, the little flock, all these other kinds of terms you want to use are the ones that are going to rule and reign with Christ for a thousand years. And each of the 12 tribes, the tribe of Benjamin, so to, uh, for example, will, will rule over one of these boundaries of habitation. One of these sections of the earth as God has divided it up. And, you know, Benjamin, Judah, like all the all the 12 tribes will have their own boundaries. Well, who rules over those boundaries as as a prince, as a, on a throne? <clears throat> the 12 apostles. That's why they after Judas fell, they had to be the 12th. So the scripture could be fulfilled so that they would rule over the 12 boundaries. That, it's, it's, it's clear as day to me. You're not found in that. You're not part of kingdom gospel. You're not a part of that part. And now if you believe you are, please preach it correctly. Okay. Uh, go all the way out. There's some out there that want to preach and teach this, this pre wrath or mid trib or all this other kind of stuff. Please go all the way because if you think you're going to take over this kingdom, <clears throat> you get resurrected at the first resurrection, according to revelation chapter 20. That's what you're waiting on. You're waiting on the first resurrection so you can rule over the for a thousand years and then apparently rule over the earth, the new earth for all of eternity. Go see my revelation rightly divided for more. But I wanted to bring that up just to kind of show you that. But Paul doesn't go into more explanation about this kingdom and stuff like that. He just mentions that we're all of one blood. He's <coughs> sorry. He's telling them that they have a sin problem that separated them from, from God, but that they should seek the Lord. Verse 27, if happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. Before, in order for them to come to the true God, they had to come through the, the, the God of Israel. They had to come through Israel. They had to. Before Israel... Uh, they were supposed to be believing things that were passed down. There were still people alive, like Adam was probably uh, still alive. You know, when Noah was uh, around, I, I forget how it all works out, but certainly Ham, Shem, and Japheth were, you know, the father of Abraham would had probably known these these boys, potentially. They were probably still alive during that time. The, the, the flood wasn't that many years prior. It's very fascinating to read back then how long people lived. But but in order to find him, he wasn't far from them. They just had to come through Israel. Once he called uh, Abraham out of the Ur of Chaldees, 
he was known as the first Jew, you know, and he's made him a promise. Well, now we don't have to do that. It, notice Paul doesn't say you have to live as a Jew. You don't have to come through the Israel. You don't have to be circumcised in the flesh and all these other. He doesn't say any of that. For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are all also his offspring. He's like, look, even your poets knew. See, there's a lot of truth in the majority of lies out there. Let's put it that way. False teaching and all these other kinds. There's going to be an element of truth to it in order so it's not like completely off the wall when people are like, eh. There's going to be some element of truth to it. Even your poets know this. Paul says, and he's given them the example. So the, the Stoics, they're like, oh, yeah, our poets do mention that we are all also his offspring, meaning that we came from God. He created all. He created Adam. We are all his offspring. We, we, we have one blood. Coming back to that again. For then, as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone, graven by art or in man's device. You know, the, the whole thing of Trinity uh, philosophy and, you know, you got a wizened old man and you got Jesus, the, the long haired hippie type, and you got this bird. And that's that's no, that's man's device. That's God be trying to be explained in, in man's philosophies and traditions. He says, but we are the offspring of God, which is fascinating, because if you think about it in Genesis one, in verse number 26, we are created in the image of God. Meaning body, soul, and spirit. Every man is created in the image of God, body, soul, and spirit. Look at all that stuff coming to head here. And the times of this ignorance, God winked at. He said, look, understand that it was through Israel. God knew that. There was a lot of nations that were judged because they were living in sin, open sin, killing babies and worshiping Moloch and all these other kinds of things. That's why God told the Israelites to not marry into them and destroy their land utterly, wipe them out because they were wholeheartedly given over to sin. But those times they winked at. The ignorance of it, God winked at, but now commendeth or commandeth all men everywhere to repent. All men everywhere, the grace of God, this dispensation of grace, the gospel of Jesus Christ, this ministry of reconciliation is to go into all men. You want to know what your great commission is? You're a minister of reconciliation to make all men see what is that fellowship of the mystery. This is what Paul is preaching here. Because he has appointed a day in which the, he will judge the world in righteousness. Hey, wrath is coming where he's going to pick back up with this this kingdom dispensation, the time of Jacob's trouble is coming. Even Paul was preaching that, that there's an appointed day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained. See, the time of Jacob's trouble brings about, after that seven years, a short time period, God, Jesus Christ, will come to rule and reign and to judge with a, and rule with a rod of iron. Whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, and that he hath raised him from the dead. Now, verse 32, and when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked. Another said, we will hear thee again of this matter. Paul is preaching the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Already, 
right here. Now, he doesn't go into the history of the nation of Israel like Peter and Stephen and others do because these are Greeks. Why would they care? So he goes back to creation. We're created. All men have sinned and come short of this glory of God because of that one blood that is tainted. You want to know a gospel message that you're supposed to to rightly divide and to preach today? Preach that all men are found in sin because we're all of one blood and it's tainted with sin. But God, manifest in the flesh, came, seen of angels, ascending into heaven. All these, and, and we find that in Timothy, Paul uses that term. But he's giving this example here of Jesus, this man who's going to rule with a rod of iron over all the nations again. In, in, in the thousand-year reign, that's what he's talking about. He said he's coming. Judgment's coming. He's appointed today. Now is the time of salvation for you. Now is the time for you to believe the gospel of our salvation now, the death and burial of, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins because that's your problem. If you're watching this and you haven't believed on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that he is who he said he was, God manifest in the flesh that came to this earth to die and as he died on the cross he was buried according to scriptures and rose again the third day according to scriptures first corinthians 15 1 through 4 talks about this that he is who he said he was and that he died to shed his blood so that you could get the literal blood transfusion and make you a new creature in christ jesus now some of you out there may be watching this if you made it all the way to this point and you may be mocking, God will judge. Because there's going to be a resurrection of you as one day as well. Look at it up on, on, my, uh, on my channel here. Uh, which resurrection are you going in? There's three of them. The resurrection of the dead in Christ, when we which are alive, and then when we which are alive and remain are caught up. And then there's what's called the first resurrection in Revelation chapter 20. And then there's a resurrection in which the sea gives up their dead. And the judgment seat that follows after that is the great white throne judgment, where if you wanted to be judged in your own by your own merits, you will stand before God at the great white throne judgment, and you will be found lacking and wanting, and he'll cast you into the lake of fire for all eternity. That's what the Bible says, but he's made a way for you to not have to experience that. Believe that Jesus is not some carpenter that lived 2,000 years ago, but God manifest in the flesh that came, humbled himself, even to the death of the cross, it says in Philippians chapter 2. Therefore, God has given him a name which is exalted amongst all names. And at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. One day, every single one of us will confess that, that he is who he says he is. Why don't you do it now? Do it now. Believe. The simplicity of the gospel is that he died to give that sin payment, that debt payment. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Some of you mock. And others said, and I hope this is you, at least. We will hear thee again on this matter of this matter. So Paul departed from among them. I hope you come back and hear this again. Keep listening to the word of God. Read the King James Bible. Understand that God sent himself into the world, his own creation, humbled himself for you and me. 
So Paul, verse number 33, departed from among them. Verse 34, how be it? Certain men clave unto him and believed, among the which was Dionysius, the uh, Aeropagite, and the woman named Damaris, and others with them. And that's Acts chapter 17. Just want to bring that up about the bounds of habitation. Yes, it's cool to hear about that in prophecy. And wow, that makes sense. The disciples will rule over each of one of the boundaries. That makes sense. But the important thing is for you to understand is that which resurrection are you wanting to go in? That's first resurrection found in Revelation 20 is not for you, the body of Christ. But we have so much better. We're looking forward to the blessed hope where we are flesh of his flesh and bone of his bones, where we rule and reign with him. We are joint heirs with him, not with Israel, with him for all of eternity. And that's freely available today for you. Anyways, thank you so much for joining me here on Let This Mind Be In You. Lord willing, uh, we'll be in Acts chapter 18 next, next week. And uh, we'll, we'll come, come and keep reading about these accounts and see the progression as Paul still goes to the Jew first and then on to the Greek. So good, good stuff, good learning. And uh, as we continue through the book of Acts, thank you for joining me here on Let This Mind Be In You. Remember, if you want to reach out to me, if you've got any questions, or if you've come to the realization that you are a sinner <laughs> and you cannot save yourself, I'd love to hear from you as well. L-T-M-B-I-Y at yahoo.com. If you're a new creature in Christ Jesus, if you want to just give a, uh, a praise report about that, send me an email or write a comment below on the video or wherever you're listening to or watching this and just uh, give a testimony. You can also find Let This Mind Be In You discussion group on Facebook. Uh, there's a few questions I ask you in order for you to join that, but uh, that's also available. All right. Love you, Lord. God bless you. Thank you for joining me here. And let this mind be in you, Brother Michael D'Angelo, saying, I will see you next week, Lord willing. God bless.